<laughs> you know, there is a first for everything, and there is a first for us today. I am a televangelist. <laughs> Who knew? I uh, never imagined that being uh, in my life, but uh, this is what God has called me to at the moment. So this is a first for me, but, uh, you know, there's a lot of firsts for you going on out there as well. Uh, particularly you parents as homeschooling parents. And uh, I've been reading a lot of funny memes these uh, days. And I just want to uh, start off with a couple that I've come across. You've probably seen these as well. But uh, this was one that I, I can really identify with. It says, I'm not sure how many cookies it takes to be happy, but so far it's not 27. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, I can identify with that. Uh, another one, I wish I had PowerPoint to show you the picture, but uh, I'm dating myself, but a lot of us remember watching Brady Bunch growing up. And, uh, you know, the picture... Uh, as uh, the show was coming on, and they had kind of like a Hollywood Squares type picture. And uh, the picture says this, that it says church greeting time now, is that's how we're kind of separating ourselves and uh, saying hi to each other. Uh, here's a meme for uh, homeschool families that you'll appreciate. If if the schools are closed for too long, the parents are going to find a vaccine before the scientists. <laughs> I believe that's true. Uh, feeling guilty about your kids watching too much TV? Just mute it and put the subtitles on. Boom, boom. Now they're reading. How about that? And then uh, this is a good one, too. The truth is, it's not so boring at home. But it's interesting how one bag of rice has 7,456 grains and another bag has 7,489 grains. <laughs> how does that happen? <laughs> and then here's my favorite. It's a picture of grandma in a great big birdcage jailed. <laughs> she can't go anywhere. And I think there's a lot of grandmas in the world today who don't like to be confined to the house, but family is trying to protect them. <laughs> but my, do they want to be rebellious. Amen? Amen. So <laughs> my wife said, amen. Well, um, you know, when I was uh, growing up as a kid, um, you know, I would hear people say, uh, in James chapter 4, you know, well, if the Lord wills, we'll do such and such. And that didn't really resonate for, with me a, a whole lot because, you know, we lived in predictable times. And basically, if you would uh, make plans, you'd pretty much know that those plans would hap you know, happen to come to fruition. But uh, let me just read James chapter 4, verse 15. Again, it says, Instead, you ought to say, If the Lord wills, we will live and do this or that. Uh, that verse applies uh, to these times, most certainly. You know, these have been cr a, a crazy 10 days for sure. And uh, things have been so fluid. And I've made, I've made three different plans 
uh, in the course of 10 days. But, uh, you know, as soon as I make a plan, uh, that plan has to change. And it has been really, really frustrating. And, uh, and so the latest plan that had to change was, uh, where we were going to do this service. We had planned on doing this at the ministry center. And then Gavin Newsom made, made the proclamation Thursday night that we had to all be sheltered. I thought, oh, wonderful. So that means I can't go down to the church, gather a team to do this uh, Facebook Live. And so we moved it here to the house. And, and yesterday I came across some information that... Uh, uh, for this type of service, uh, this is uh, something that is permissible that we could gather down uh, at the church with a small group of people and uh, do this Facebook Live because that's, that's an essential for this type of uh, situation. So next week, the plan will be to be at the church where we have a few more bells and whistles. And... Uh, and then on April the 5th, um, Garrett and Susan or Harris are going to be here. And uh, I want to get the word out about them uh, sharing Whitney's testimony on that Sunday morning live. Now, I want us to have a worldwide audience uh, for that for that time together because it is such a powerful testimony that... None of us want to miss that. And so hopefully that will, Lord willing, that that will occur on April the 5th. And then Easter Sunday. I don't think we're going to be together physically as a church on Easter Sunday yet. And I can't imagine us doing Easter separately. And so I have a plan that I hope is going to come to fruition on Sunday, April 12th, we're going to be together in the church parking lot. We are going to do drive-in church. And uh, there's, uh, th- there's a tool out there that can uh, you can tune into the service. We're going to have uh, live worship just outside the south doors. That will be our stage. And uh, you'll be able to tune in to an FM station, and you'll be able to hear the service from your car. Or you can bring lawn chairs, and we can just kind of spread out amongst ourselves in the po- in the parking lot, keep the six-foot distance. And uh, But we can do church, um, church on Easter Sunday outside, drive-through church, and as you leave the service that day, uh, we will provide the cinnamon rolls as well. So we don't want you or any of us to miss that experience uh, together. So you can you can plan on that, Lord willing. All right. But uh, this morning I want us to look at uh, Psalm chapter thirteen. I'm glad I'm in my home this morning because I really want this to be a family time together. We're going to be talking about some family things coming up that we can be here for, for each other. So this setting this morning in, in our home is, uh, is very appropriate for this uh, first Sunday. But I want us to look at uh, Psalm chapter 13 this morning because David had plans too. 
David had plans to be king. And uh, God had promised David that he was going to be king. He was going to replace Saul. But that wasn't happening in David's life. Uh, he was on the run from King Saul. And uh, he was on the run for maybe as many as seven years. Can you imagine a young man who's been told by God that he's going to be king of Israel, and he is running for his life? He's hiding out in caves. He's hiding out with the enemy. This is not the kind of life that he had anticipated. You know, I think of so many families, people who are going through difficulty right now. I think of high school students and college students uh, who aren't be able aren't able to do their prom, or to for seniors who aren't able to go through uh, high school or college graduation. Think of um, senior adults who are in rest homes right now who are at the end of their life and family members can't go and visit them personally. These aren't the type of plans that we anticipated for our life. The church, God is sovereign. And God hasn't abandoned us and uh, kind of getting ahead of myself, but I want us to read David's words this morning in Psalm 13, because David felt like God had abandoned him. Psalm 13. How long, O Lord, will you forget me forever? How long will you hide your face from me? How long must I take counsel in my soul and have sorrow in my heart all the day? How long shall my enemy be exalted over me? Consider and answer me, O Lord my God. Light up my eyes, that I that I sleep the that I lest I sleep the sleep of death, lest my enemy say I have prevailed over him, lest my foes rejoice because I am shaken. But I have, trust, I have trusted in your steadfast love. My heart shall rejoice in your salvation. I will sing to the Lord because he has dealt bountifully with me. David, in this psalm this morning, is giving us a perspective of his suffering. There have been huge high points in David's life, and there are been huge low points. And I'm grateful for a man of God who hasn't, who has recorded his times of suffering. And so David in this passage of scripture is giving us an overview, a perspective of the times of suffering that he's gone through. And as he goes through those times, he, he shares with us his feelings. He tells us about his foes. But he leads us back to faith and where our faith belongs. Verse 1. How long, O Lord? 
Will you forget me forever? How long will you hide your face from me? That's a question that people around the world are asking right now. We are all in this boat together. How long, O oh Lord, is this coronavirus going to last? And then David makes it personal. How long, God, are you going to forget me? Forever? David's in panic mode. And again, David went through this episode possibly for as many as seven years. Guys, it's been ten days for us. But we don't know how long this is going to last. And David was having those very same things. What can we learn from David's life? Number one, if you're going to complain, take it to God. God can handle it. It's okay to be frustrated. It's okay to be fearful. It's okay to question God's sovereignty in your life and in the situation. God can handle our fears. God can handle our complaints. But we just need to know that God is using us, using this to build our faith. Another thing we can learn from the situation is as we go through these times, it's easy to forget the good times with God. That's truth there. You know, David had some incredible times with God growing up. God had done amazing things in his life. God told David, he's going to be king of Israel. But in this moment, David's forgotten all of that. How long, O oh Lord, will you forget me forever? And if David was in my living room right now, He would say to us here, I get it. I've been there. And I'm so grateful for a man of God who chose to be vulnerable, who chose to be authentic and show us his relationship, his personal relationship with the Lord. Has God really turned his head on David? No, absolutely not. David is just expressing to us his frustration. This is not a theological treatise, okay? This is not who God is. Because David's going to lead, lead us 
through the progress, through he's giving us, again, the overview of what he goes through in times of suffering. He knows that God's there. In church, God is here. Some people ask, where is God in all this? I'll tell you where God is. God's in our president. God's in our vice president. He's in his, their team. And they're trying to figure this thing out. God's in our governor. You know, I mentioned this on video Friday. When I was listening to this on Thursday night, I wasn't very happy. I didn't think that this was right, and God had to remind me the next morning. You know what? That God has appointed those who rule over us. And they have our best interests at heart, and we need to support them in this time. We need to believe that they have our best interests, and we need to be praying for them, church. But God is working. God is working in our hospitals. God's with the doctors and the nurses who are putting their life at risk to keep people from dying from this virus. God's in our church. Friend, when you get an email or a phone call or a food delivery, or a grocery bag of things that you need, just know that that's God. God is here. And we can take heart. <clears throat> then he says in verse 2, How long shall I take counsel in my soul, having sorrow in my heart daily? You know, there's, there's a battle going on in, in David's soul right now. And, um, you know, when, when we go through times of suffering, for a lot of people, we shut God out in those bad times. And we tell ourselves, I am going to gut this out all by myself. Instead of trying to get help, we want to face it alone. Some people, yeah, they get angry with God. They turn away from God. They quarantine themselves from church, from friends, from God. Church, now's the time not to turn away from God. He's here for you. And I want you to know, if you're a member or a tender of our church, you're going to get a phone call this week from our deacons, from our elders, from your life group leader. You're going to get a call. We'll be checking you on every one of you to see how you're doing. If you have a need, we want to help meet that need as much as we possibly can. We need to be here for each other. Then David says in verse 3, Consider and answer me, O Lord my God. Light up my eyes, lest I sleep 
the sleep of death. Lest my enemies say I have prevailed over him. Lest my foes rejoice because I am shaken. David wanted an answer from God. David asked God, Consider and answer me, O Lord my God. Light up my eyes. How are we going to light up our lives? our eyes in this time of, of suffering, in this time of difficulty. <clears throat> Three things, quickly. Number one, we need to focus on what will never change. And what will never change, my friend, is in verse 5. But I have trusted in your steadfast love. David has gone from asking the question, how long, O Lord, will you forget me forever? To verse 5 saying, but I have trusted in your steadfast love. There's a lot of change around us these days, church. But there's one thing that's never going to change. And that's God's love that he has for us. Listen to this verse in 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verses 8, 9, and 14. We often suffer, but we never crush. Even when we don't know what to do, we never give up. In times of trouble, God is with us, and when we are knocked down, we get up again. Because we know God raised the Lord back to life, and just as he raised Jesus, he will also raise us back to life and will bring us into his presence together. God's in control. No matter what you or I go through, because Jesus was raised from the dead, Jesus is going to raise us from the dead. Nothing is going to harm us. Oh, we may not like the, the difficulty, the suffering that we're going to, but ultimately, church, we win. You need to remember the Tupperware, okay? The Tupperware is this. Here's Christ. Christ is in us. Not only are we in Christ, is Christ in us, but Christ, but we are in Christ, and Christ is God, and we have been sealed with the Holy Spirit. Here you are, friend. Nothing's going to happen to you. Nothing's going to happen to me. We need to focus on God's amazing love and never, ever forget that. Second, we need to focus on his unfailing, saving grace for us. Verse 5, verse B of 5, For God is, the, uh, my heart shall rejoice in your salvation. His saving grace is always with us. It wasn't just in the time of our salvation, our spiritual salvation, our new birth. But His saving grace is with us continually. Isaiah 43.2 says, When you go through deep waters, I will be with you. When you pass through the rivers of difficulty, you won't drown. 
When you walk through the fire, you will not be burned up. It will not consume you. Spiritually, we are secure in the person of Christ forever and ever. So remember, to for God to light your eyes, focus on what will never change, his love. Focus on his unfailing grace, his salvation in your life, constantly. And then number three, sing. Worship. Look at verse six. I will sing to the Lord because he has dealt bountifully with me. Have you been worshiping in your heart these last two days? If all you're doing is watching Fox News or CNN, I don't think you're worshiping. We need to turn that stuff off. We need to be informed, but we need to pause. And we need to reflect on who God is in our life. Allow him to light our lives, our eyes, to see him, to know him, and to put a song in your heart. We need to worship. It will replace the panic with prayer. It will replace the worry with worship. And it will, it will replace the anxiety with adoration. So here we see in this song, so thankful for that David rec recorded it. He was honest about his feelings. He talked about his foes. I didn't mention this, but, uh, you know, David wanted to get the glory. David wanted God to get the glory in David's situation. And he was concerned, David was concerned that David wasn't going to get the glory, that his foes were going to get the glory. He wanted God to get the glory. And then if, if David had met his surmise, if Saul had found David and killed, killed David, David, in his mind, was thinking God would have lost. God was, David was concerned about God's glory. But David was conscientious of his foes. Church, we need to be praying for our president. Because our president has enemies. And his enemies would love to see he and his administration uh, crumble in this in this time. You know what? God has appointed our president to lead in this moment. It's God who has anointed him. It is God who has put Donald Trump as president of the United States. And so, church, we need to be praying for him and his team, that they will be strong, that they will be courageous, that they will be wise, and know that they have our best interests at heart. And I'll just leave that there. So God's in, involved in all this, church. 
And so I'm glad that uh, we've had this time together this week. May it encourage you and encourage all of us. Let me lead us in prayer. Father, I thank you for David and his honesty and his vulnerability and the fact that, God, that he knew you were there and he was trusting your unfailing love and uh, saving grace. And, and God, he wanted to worship you in spite of the difficulty. Father, I pray that you'll encourage your church, your individual family members, to trust you and to see you and to seek you in this time of need. Father, we pray. We pray for those who are most vulnerable. God, that, that they would keep themselves locked up. <laughs> they wouldn't try to escape. And that, God, that you would keep them from this disease, this, this virus. But, Lord, help us as a church family to be there for them and help provide for their needs. Because, God, as we do, you're doing that. And we thank you for that. So thank you for this time that we've had together. Help us to keep the faith. God, if we're fearful, if we want to complain, it's okay to bring that to you. But we, may we all know that, God, that you're always there. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen.